Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Sweeties, before I get into this interview with Miss Natalie of Winky Lux, I wanted to let you know that Winky Lux is killing it, and they said, hey, Jackie, we'd like to do a giveaway with your honeys to celebrate this interview. And I said, of course, because I'm not going to rest until every single honey has a prize from Natch Butte. Megan just won a healthish bottle a couple weeks ago, and now we're going to give away some Winky Lux products. So this is what you're going to do. One lucky honey is going to win a snowflake lip oil ornament. So it is very cute. It is their beautiful product, their lip oil. And it comes in a cute little ornament that you can stick right on the tree or just keep it for your damn self or hang it from a necklace. I don't care whatever you want to do with it, but you're going to get one of those. And you're also going to get a glossed up kit, which comes with three different Winky Lux glosses. So honey, we are getting those lips snatched for the holidays, courtesy of Winky Lux. Now you're probably thinking, Jackie, how do I, how do I do this? Well, it's going to be the huge, sweetie. I'm not going to post about this on social media. I only want the honeys that listen to the episode to be involved. So on today's post on the Natch Butte Instagram, at Natch Butte, there's going to be a video of Natalie and I's interview. Hit like, And write a comment, sweetie. I don't care what it is, as long as it's something pleasant, something that everybody can enjoy. Make sure you're following Natch Butte, and make sure you're following Winky Lux on Instagram as well, at Winky underscore Lux. W-I-N-K-Y underscore L-U-X. And in two weeks, we're going to choose a winner randomly, and they're going to get those products sent to them, courtesy of Winky Lux. I'm very excited about this. You're going to love the glosses. They're very beautiful and festive for year-round. So get excited for the interview with Natalie. Oh, yeah. Just hear those sheet masks ring and ting, ting, tingling too. Come on, it's lovely weather for a podcast together, Natch Butte. Our skin is nice and glowy, neck cream is flowing for you. Come on, it's lovely weather for a podcast together, Natch Butte. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Natch Butte. Welcome to Natch Butte. It is the holiday season. Can you hear the jing, jing, jingles of the jingle bells? Can you hear the snow falling? Can you smell the gingerbread cookies in the oven? I smell all of those things because it's the holiday season, and it's a beautiful time to take care of yourself, look in the mirror and say, ho, 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 I look great. Welcome to Natch Butte, everybody. I am your host. In case this is your first episode, hello. Thank you for joining me. I am Jackie J, the Beauty Talk Shock Jock, your queen of creams, the host with the most serums, the freshest fringe on the West Coast, your favorite over 30 niche influencer, your kooky southern aunt. Welcome to Natch Butte. I love interviewing women who have slayed the game in the beauty world. And 
I'll take y'all back to a, a, a pre-COVID time. This was in 2018, that glorious year when we could walk around and be among human beings. I was at Indie Beauty Expo, and there's a lot of noise at an expo. There's a lot of booths. There's a lot of people vying for your attention. And I saw this booth from across the room, and I said, this booth is where it's at. There were colors. There was glitter. I walked up. They have little lipsticks in the shape of pills. They had eye palettes with a kitty cat on the front. I said, this is my shit right here. I used all the products. I loved all the products. They were so cute. And that company was called Winky Lux. And I'm lucky enough today, and honestly, so are you because you're listening to this. I'm lucky today to be interviewing the CEO and co-founder of Winky Lux. And in case you don't know, Winky Lux is a luxury and cruelty-free cosmetics line that literally has the cutest products on the market. You can quote me, okay? You can use that for your marketing materials. The cutest. And Winky Lux has been five has been on the market five years. And it, within that five years, honey, Winky Lux has literally exploded onto the scene. You can find Winky Lux at Nordstrom, Ulta, Macy's, Target, honey. She is in Target. She's everywhere. Winky Lux also has a physical store in New York City and more expanding as we speak. The company I read, and we'll see if this is true, within the first 18 months, the company generated $4 million in sales, honey. Now, that is not easy to do. So we're going to hear all about this. Also, her name, her last name rhymes with my first name. So if we fall in love during this interview and I decide to marry her and take her name, my name will be Jackie Mackey, and that is exciting. So everybody get excited to meet the boss-ass bitch, Natalie Mackey. Welcome, Natalie, to Natch Butte. Thank you, Jackie. This is so fun to be here. I love Jackie Mackey. This is perfect. I'm telling my husband we're going to get a divorce so I can marry you. Or adopt me. I mean, whatever y'all are comfortable with, I just think, I think just I need to be Jackie Mackey. Imagine that's such a good DJ name too. It's really good. Yeah. It's really good. It's DJ Jackie Mackey. We'll work, we'll work that out. Thank you for joining me, Natalie. Uh, I ask this question of every guest. It's my opening question. What type of skin do you have? I'm going to go ahead and answer for you because you look incredible. You have beautiful skin. Thank you. Thank you. That's so sweet of you. Um, Credit to the product, to the Winky Lex product. Yes. Um, But I have, uh, if there is sensitive, I have whatever is beyond sensitive. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I have the the extra special... crazy wild sensitive skin okay like, could break out in a second or get a rash in a second so um so I'm a really good tester for beauty products right you're better than a lab rat <laughs> totally <laughs> because I will get splotchy real quick so um so yeah sensitive and, and oh. a little bit dry that's great. You know, most people I, I interviews tell me they have they have combo skin. We don't get sensitive honeys in here very often, which I appreciate. There's a lot of people out there with super sensitive skin and, and it's very hard for them to find products that work. So we love that. Totally. Do you happen to recall the first beauty product you ever bought or used? Yeah, I do. Um the first the first so I the first beauty product I went out actively looking for was Clarisol. So I went out in, in like 1996 or something and bought some Clarisol. You put um, your Doc Martens on, you put your, uh, yeah. your Walkman yeah. on, you walked over. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Ooh, I've seen this advertised on Dawson's Creek. Like, yeah. let me get some Clarisol. 
which is like, I don't, I never want to talk smack about the competition, but it's like, you know, it's not the, the most glorious. Uh, I mean, for sensitive <laughs> I skin, I feel like that was a recipe for disaster. Totally, but I think, I think that they really dominated that space at the time. Yes. So, um, so that was definitely a moment. And then I think the first nice beauty product I ever got, I remember walking with my aunt through, I think it was the Macy's. And I got a L'Oreal or a Lancome eye palette. And I, I was so, I felt so bougie. Oh, yeah. I was like, look at me and my Lancome eye palette. I, I am next level, you know. like I am rocking this Lancome palette and living my life. <laughs> totally. I think I was, I was like about 13. So it was, you know, it was a big deal to pull that out in school. Did you at least get like the gift with purchase? So you got like the little perfume or something? You know what, what's interesting is I think it was the gift with purchase. I oh, yeah. Sort of Got it. It chucked it over to me like, here, you can have this. And I was I was like, I have arrived. I, I mean, kind of. Those, <laughs> those gift with purchases would get me every time. I would literally go to Clinique and I would oh. buy something just to get the new gift with purchase bag. Totally. Totally. I uh, I knew someone from Clinique um, who was saying that the, the gifting – situation like it, it it varies wildly based on whether or not the bag is a hit that year. oh yeah oh my god that's so funny because if you walk by and you're like i'll pass yeah, totally. that's so funny but when it's a cute bag it's like why not why wouldn't i get that cute yeah that cute i wish i still had my collection i had so many like it was criminal how many i had but yeah, this, they were fun Bury me with them when I am in a tomb someday. Like pharaohs were buried with their treasures. I want to be buried with all my give with purchase Clinique bags just all over my body. That's so good. (laughs) Definitely calling you to sponsor your funeral. Yes. Hey, you know what? If they give out free gifts, why not? Uh, Clinique tests on animals. So we won't be working with them, but you know what? They'll get it together one of these days. Okay. Natalie, what is your favorite thing about yourself? Um, so I, that's a funny question. It's, it's like one of those things that's hard to answer because you always feel arrogant. Um, but I think the thing that I, I like about my personality for sure, the best is that, um, I'm pretty extroverted. So I really Mm -hmm. like people and it's, it makes it easy when you're fundraising or you're, um, in a position where you're constantly kind of talking about your product and selling your product, it's good to really love people because that's 90% of what you're doing. So, um, so that's the thing I, I, when I was a kid, I used to cry at the end of my birth birthday parties because my friends were going home and I would bargain. I'd be like, I'll give the presents back if they can stay another hour. <laughs> they can have all, all my Clinique bags. Yes, totally. <laughs> I was like, anyone interested in the land? Lancome <laughs> I bet the colors were really matronly as well. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Totally. And I had no idea how to put it on. This is pre YouTube. Oh yeah. So this was, you know, before, you know, makeup artistry was like this very, uh, like, you know, it was like a ivory tower somewhere, you know, where makeup artists were like these magicians that lived somewhere else. Oh yeah. I mean, I just read those, the YM articles that were like, flush a little silver across your eyelid, you know? And I'm like, whoa, cool. Oh, I'm an artist. (laughs) Totally. Totally. (laughs) 
was like, this looks so shit. I look Dark so liner. grown up right now. I look like, oh, I love it. Well, thank you, Natalie. That was lovely. Let's get into some Winky Lux talk. I totally. always, I always ask my brand founders this because I just want the honeys, my listeners, to know that there's really no linear path to becoming a beauty mogul. So I always ask my founders, what did you study in school? Because I know you initially had no, at least it appears so that you didn't say, like Elle Woods, I'm going to make a beauty company someday. It it appeared as though you were on a completely different path. Yes, totally. Um, So I studied business and I I wasn't from a wealthy family and I wanted to move to New York. So I knew I would have to go into an industry that, that you could get paid in. Um, so I started my career as an analyst in finance and, uh, it was, it was really like a great training ground, kind of the best training ground ever. Um, and I, but it it was also kind of like extremely intense. And if you look at all the, the kind of sad reality in that industry, and it has changed a lot since I started there, but, um, at the time there were almost no female partners. Like the, the girls got pretty quickly pushed into marketing jobs. Mm-hmm. Once they had reached like the, you know, once you were getting past the director level, you were, they were kind of pushing you into stuff that was, um, that was more kind of lifestyle friendly. And the unfortunate thing about that is that nobody does that job because it's, like they, they do it because they want to make money. They don't do right. it because they, they think it's like so fun or glamorous, <laughs> you know, like it's, it is. And so you'd look at your bosses who are all, you know, 60 year old white men. And, uh, the, it, it really was hard to see how, you know, I was like, dude, I, I don't do this boring job to do, to end up, you know, doing marketing for right. finance. Like I want to, I want to I'm not you. here for my health, <laughs> yeah. dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to be awake until, you know, midnight, some nights working. Like I, I want to be, uh, I want to your job one day. So, um, but, and I also was, I ended up in private equity, which was really interesting. And I got to look at a lot of consumer products companies, um, one of the advantages of being like the only girl on the team was that they were like, what do you think of this thing? Like, I don't know. My wife maybe uses it or doesn't use it. And uh, what do you think? Would you use it? So I got to be kind of like the de facto tester for a lot of these companies. And um, it was really, it's, this is another, like I could go off on a whole tangent about how we need more female investors. Um, Cause we really do. Uh, but they're, there was an amazing chance to like meet all these entrepreneurs too, who built really cool companies. And that was what made everything worth doing was to talk to these people. And I, I kind of knew I was like a frustrated creative in my heart. Mm -hmm. Um, I ended up going back to school and studying applied design to try to understand like how design thinking worked. Um, and, uh, I just, I loved entrepreneurship and I loved um I love how products can make people feel. And so I, I tried to get a beauty deal or two done while I was there and um I could never could never push it past the finish line. But I got to meet a lot of beauty companies and I I felt like of all the consumer products world, beauty was first of all I was a huge 
beauty lover, like loved, 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 loved beauty products. You know, I think when Sephora announced their like rouge program, I was like, number one. <laughs> your, so, your rouge number is yeah. 0001 yeah. You know, exactly. for a sign up. Like 27. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I loved the products. And to me, it was the closest thing to selling happiness. It was this moment of self-care. Fashion was really tough and there were lots of there, there was so much emphasis on being a certain way and looking mm-hmm. a certain way. Um, and I actually did end up working in fashion for four years. Um, and it, it was just kind of, it, it wasn't for me. It wasn't like the, I didn't like the idea that of selling like a specific type of look and feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the beauty was fascinating and it felt like the customer was usually in a happy place when they were purchasing the product and that it was something that always fit and it made people feel good. And I also thought there was a lot of opportunity in the market to kind of change the way the products were made. I also got to meet a lot of beauty manufacturers during that process too. So I went to see some of them and I got to kind of, I always say like at the time I thought I knew so much, but I really just knew enough to be dangerous. Like (laughs) I knew nothing basically, (laughs) but (laughs) I knew enough that I was like, I kind of understand how this stuff is made. I kind of get, you know, where this could improve. And, um, and I, I just I really love it. So that's how I, that's like my long winded way of describing how I ended up here today. Yeah. So, so at what point were you like, I'm going to create my own company? <laughs> um, end of 2014, beginning of 2015. Uh, I was going to branch out and, and create a platform that was a matching software for beauty products. And I called my friend who I've known for now at this point, like 16 years or something, um, Nate Newman, who's my co-founder. And I was like, Nate, I think there's a lot of opportunity in, in, uh, the way people buy beauty and let's, build this tech platform and it's going to, and he had a tech background and it's going to be so cool. And you should move to New York because the rent is cheap and the weather is great. And, uh, you should like be here. Like, that's <laughs> not what I've heard. Yeah, yeah. Total lie. Um, so, They're just giving so, away penthouse apartments yeah, over here. Totally. Come check it it's out. Like, such a good lifestyle. It's going to be so easy. Um, no. So the easy. subway has no moisture. It is completely yeah. dry down there. <laughs> totally. Totally. You're going to love it. Um, so he moved to New York and we started uh, building this kind of what was like a tech-based platform. And the idea was that people would go on and they would fill out a survey about what they liked and what type of look they were trying to achieve. And it would kick them to the ideal product. And we would partner with all of these different beauty companies um, to be like their, it would be an affiliate marketplace basically. Very cool. So we started building it. And in the meantime, we said we should probably also have our own brand. And hey, I actually know some really cool manufacturers. They do really clean products. And we could, you know, we could make this like little concepted brand that would be really wild looking. And this is like a total afterthought. This was like just a way that we could pepper, we could fill in the white space of the mm-hmm. marketplace until we could get everyone to sign up for it. 
Um, so we, we concepted out this like absurd brand called Winky Lux that was a total brainchild of like just joy and fun. And, um, we started building out the platform and then we did a big focus group to try and fix our UX or user experience. And, uh, we had all these women, we were recruiting all these girls from colleges and friends of friends. And, um, we started to ask them about what they thought of the platform. And this is always like a, this is always funny to me when people are like, oh yeah, like a lot of founder stories are like, and then we just sprinkled the magic fairy dust and we were yeah. so successful. <laughs> so what we found out is after interviewing like 200 women that nobody cared about our platform. They, they were like, how did. do I get that pale lipstick? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> They were just not interested. They didn't think it was solving their problem at all. And they were like, oh, I kind of like searching for beauty and it's not a pain point for me. And so we were like, well, that didn't work. Um, so, <laughs> Let well, me just go ahead and throw this in the fucking trash. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Um, but what was happening is we were getting a lot of questions about Winky Lux and what that was about. And, and it was just, I think at the time it was like a piece of paper that had some product renderings on it. And it had like clean, cruelty-free, joyful makeup. And people kept saying like, what is that? So we started a brand, which is a really interesting thing to do when you've kind of been, um, you've been trained to like focus on, on, you know, low inventory, low R and D tech focused type of businesses. Um, this was a total pivot. So that happened in 2015. And then in the beginning of 2015, and then we started working on products. We decided to go for it probably because we felt like, well, we'll probably be broke in a few years and that'll be fine (laughs) 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 for six months. Um, and so we launched it in October of, uh, 2015. So the end of 2015 and, um, we launched it at BeautyCon, and we started a contrary, a lot of times people think we started with the flower bomb because that Mm -hmm. became our, our like viral hit. Right. Um, but we actually started with a foundation powder called the diamond powder, um, our glossy boss lip gloss and our matte lipsticks. And, um, and we launched a BeautyCon and it was really popular and we had lines around the whole area for it and people were really excited about it and um and then we felt like we were onto it like we were in the we were in the flow then and and we couldn't turn back so we just kept you know throwing our money into this illiquid scheme yeah (laughs) 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 you know getting broker and broker um and then finally, we, we really started to see the, the brand take off in 2016, 17. And part of that was that we saw these cool little flower lipsticks. They weren't really, they weren't what we have now, but they were kind of this technology. They're dipping a, a real flower into uh, like a gel-based lipstick. And um, they were really popular in Korea. Mm-hmm. And so we figured out a way to kind of do it in a clean way without parabens or any of the other ingredients we don't use. And um, we put a real baby chrysanthemum in them. And it was kind of an afterthought, too. It's how I, I, I wish I like I feel like I should be telling you how this great strategic mind. But the reality is, like, some of the stuff that's been so successful for us has been like these 
surprises and the flower bomb was a surprise and that became a huge hit. I think that's cool. I mean, I, I, I believe I read that the guy who invented the slinky just like dropped a spring. He was trying to build a toy and he dropped the spring and he was like, whoa, this is fun. And look at him now. I mean, who knows where he's at? So I think that's awesome. <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Oh, yeah. Where did the name Winky Looks come from? Because I think you're right. I remember when I saw the Winky Looks booth, the name really, I was like, that's a really cute name. Like, I need to go check this out. So we get asked that a lot. It's totally made up. It's completely made up. Um, we, My favorite movie is a, uh, a movie called Best in Show. Mm-hmm. It's an absurd movie about a fake dog show. And the dog that wins Best in Show um is named Winky. And so <laughs> I think it was just kind of a a thing that we, it was like a, it was kind of cute because it sounded like you were winking and we were going to sell some eye products. And it was just kind of like, again, when we were creating this brand, it was going to be an afterthought. And so it, we really had a lot of fun with it. Like we had no fear about whether or not the name was super weird. And right. I actually I think that, that the, yeah, thank you. I think it's uh I think it's been part of the success because you can't forget the name. It's just too right. weird. I mean, I you don't know this about me, but I used to be a celebrity dog walker. That was one of my Stop many it. that was one of my many jobs in LA prior to becoming this huge successful podcaster. So I love that movie. I love best in, I love all Christopher Guest movies, but like I used me to too. work for people like that and um I, I have a lot of that movie memorized, so I didn't pick up on that. I would I would have been like, oh yeah, the dog, you know, because uh, Rhapsody and Rhapsody and White, and White, yeah. yeah, it's like I I I used to always. That's like my favorite dog name ever. Uh, I love <laughs> that movie. I it's like such an absurd, amazing movie. <laughs> oh my god, no! Like when when they're trying to find the toy when. Um, <laughs> When uh, Parker Posey's trying to buy the toy and and the CB, yes, it's like, what are you a, a wizard? <laughs> yeah, like that. She's so good in that movie. She's so deeply committed to that character. Like that's why those movies work is because everyone is so deeply committed to being a fucking wackadoo. Like I love this brand even more now. That is so exciting. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, I now I need to know what was your favorite celebrity dog? Oh God! I mean. <laughs> Honey, I could write a tell-all book. I could write a tell-all book. I'll share one anecdote. I won't say who this is. I was walking. I met this woman. She has two Airedale Terriers. I shouldn't say their names because somebody might be like, I know that lady. I'm going to cut that out. I'm not going to say the names because I don't want to get sued. I met this crazy lady. She, She lived in the Palisades. She's like, she insisted on meeting me. She insisted on me coming in, you know. And she's like, I love my dogs more than I love my kids. And I did a laugh, like an awkward laugh. She goes, I'm not joking. 
<laughs> I'm not joking. She's like, she's like you need to understand. Yes. That she would I call me. my children for these dogs. I'm telling you, she would call me every 10 minutes. I'm just making sure they're okay. I'm like, bitch, they're fine. <laughs> Give me a break. Like, anyway. The dogs are like so much pressure. Oh my God, I know. It was like being a nanny, but the, the kids can't squeal on you. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's it was the same thing. I was the help. I was a celebrity nanny assistant. Like it was all of that mixed together. So crazy. It's so crazy. That's I could totally see it too. Like I could see well, the I'm a dog I freak. My dog is like a baby too. Yes. So. <laughs> I'm a dog <laughs> freak, which is another reason why I was drawn to the Winky Lux brand because you know, y'all have all this dog stuff. We um, do. But before we get into that, you answered some of my questions. Um, I, I, I asked what the intention behind the brand was because it says you wanted to be set apart from serious makeup brands. You sort of you sort of already touched on that. Just the whole – it started out as sort of like a, a funny kind of gag, right? Like so – Yeah, it was, it was certainly like a fearless moment where we, we didn't think it was going to be – a big part of our business. So we didn't have any preconceived notions about how it was supposed to be. We just wanted to do stuff that we liked and that we thought was fun and was clean. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's how it came to be. And that's still been the credo. I mean, certainly it is, it's our whole lives now, but right. it's, uh, it's not a, I think we, we generally haven't taken ourselves too seriously. I mean, we're not, we're not curing cancer for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's, I love that because that's what my show is about too. When I started this show, it was like the beauty industry feels so serious and intimidating and, and I want everyone to be able to just enjoy their self care and be curious and, and not be, not walk into Sephora and feel like you don't belong, you know, like, and so that's what Natch Beauty is too. So very much in alignment in terms of tone. Um, but Nashville also, you know, we're cruelty free and, and that's why I also saw on your website, like in addition to having the cutest products ever, y'all also note that you have a quicker and more transparent supply chain. Um, we love an ethical brand here on Nashville. We love when uh, brands are transparent about what's going on. So can you kind of share a little bit more about that? Totally. Uh, so one of the things that we did in the beginning was that we, you know, we, we bootstrapped the company for the first year and a half and before we raised a penny and it was beauty companies are actually pretty capital intensive because they're inventory heavy. Mm-hmm. So it, it was a real struggle, but we knew we had to find not only like a really good manufacturer, but we had to find someone who's going to work with us. So there's probably thousands of manufacturers in the country in, in the U S alone. Um, and we went and visited so many of them. And again, that extroverted nature, I was just like, hey, can we come by? Yeah. Are you guys around? Can I meet the owner? Like, who, <laughs> what do you do here? Like, can I take a picture of that? What's this? You know. So um, I sort of channeled my inner seven-year-old and just kind of touched everything and, and went to see everything and talked to everybody I could. And uh, we visited about 50 factories. And during that time, we built some really good relation or we found the people that we thought were going to be the relationships that we really wanted to have. Um, and we always videotaped our, our fact our products being made because it was just part of our quality control. Mm-hmm. And then we started bringing the customer into that process. And some factories are more 
precious about who can be on the floor. And so slowly we started to not work with those factories as much. And we started to work with a lot of the more forward thinking factories that would show us kind of everything and would allow us to like be front and center. We never film anyone else's products being made. We're never, you know, we don't get any access to anything like that, but we always know exactly what's in ours. Um, and we always can see, and I mean, a great example is like China. China gets a really bad rap um, because there's some really awful factories in China. And mm-hmm. then there's some amazing factories in China, like beautiful, ethical, amazing factories. We can't sell into China because of the animal testing laws, but we can produce there without doing any t- animal testing and ship mm-hmm. overseas. Which isn't that so, so weird? It's bizarre. It's yeah. so bizarre. It's like a huge misconception in the industry there are actual ways around it in certain regions. It is like so complex. So I feel like there's a lot of, there's a lot of like misinformation around it, but we do no animal testing anywhere Mm -hmm. in China, in Italy, in the U S anywhere. We do no animal testing. Um, And, uh, but you know, the only way to know if you're working with like a really good ethical factory is to go there and record and then insist that they record while they're making your products. Um, and audit them and kind of surprise audit them and things like that. So we started bringing the customer into the experience. She really was into it. Like our, our she, she and he, um, all of our customers were really into this educational component of seeing how the products actually get made. Because it's super cool. When you're in Hell the factory, yeah. it's like, it's dope. You've got huge kettles melting stuff. You have chemists. Those you know, cute little in. molds pouring the lipstick yeah. in, watching it. Yeah. yeah. So cool. Um, so we thought it would be more fun to start talking to them more about that. And so we we kept we and we have we now have like a an edict that any factory we work with has to allow us to record. Um, and then when it came to ingredients, we did some stuff that was pretty unusual, like the flower bomb. Mm-hmm. So that now there's tons of knockoffs of flower bomb, but at the time there it was a more difficult product to create. And so we had to be the buyer of these baby chrysanthemums. So we already had to own a lot of the raw materials. So it was already part of our R and D process to know a lot of those suppliers. Like diamond powder is a really unusual ingredient. It's used in skincare a lot, usually like very, very expensive skincare, but we use it in our foundation powders, which was the product we launched with. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so we have to know where that comes from because we have to own it. Right. So our factory doesn't, it's not a standard type of thing. Um, so we try to get as far back into the supply chain as possible and then talk to the customer about what that means. Cause I, that also, that goes back to probably what you were really referring to about it gets so serious, mm-hmm. you know, and, and there's so much like weird fear mongering in the industry where people are like, this is bad. And then five minutes later, it's good. And then right. it's bad again. Cause one blogger said, Oh, right. You know? <laughs> um, and it, that's just not the case. Like there's a lot of nuance and there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of like interesting sciencey stuff that I think the customer deserves to kind of understand the full story. So she can make her own mind up and it's fun. It's fun to like learn about this stuff. Oh yeah. Everybody loves ingredients now and like finding out why things are in there. And I think that's great because, you know, like you said, transparency is important. Totally. Totally. 
how important was it when you started your brand to keep the prices low? Because I feel like the, the look, the ingredient, like I feel like this, you could have gone way higher with it, but you were like, no, we want to keep this accessible. Yeah. I mean, it was important because probably because I wanted to, it wanted, I wanted it to be something I could buy. Yeah. And by the time we were launching, I was pretty, you know, I wasn't feeling very rich. I was pretty broke actually. So you're like, all I have is this Lancome palette from my teen years. That's all I have left. And some leftover Clearasol. Um, and the Clearasol. Um, so I really wanted it to be something that I, I'm from a small town in Georgia. I don't, I don't, um, you know, I think that there, there's a lot of like snobbery in some of the beauty world. Mm -hmm. And I think what the customers kind of gotten wise to is that there are, there are thresholds of quality that pass a certain price point. You just, that doesn't guarantee that it's higher quality. Mm -hmm. So you can pay $200 for a face oil that may have the exact same ingredients as something that's 20 bucks. You probably won't get it for two, but you, you can you can get a lot closer to affordable. And so I think that was not only something that was important to me personally, but also it felt like the customer was getting smarter. You know, in our, when I first started by, I'm 36. I had to think for a second how old I was 36. Um, when I first started buying beauty products, there was no way to know what was in it or, or to understand it. And there, there really wasn't like a wealth of knowledge to figure out what type of ingredient quality you had. So now there is. I just turned 36 myself. What's up? Twinsies, Jackie and Mackie. That's right, baby. That we could have ran for school president together. Oh my God. Are you class of 03? Oh, two. Oh, shit. Hey, I liked oh. O2 though. O2 was, they were my people. They were my buddies. We were fun. We were fun. Wait, sir, you're a Scorpio. Yes. Yes. There you go. Um, it's it, it's a good it's an interesting age. I feel like we're like the zennials, like yes. the old the elder millennials. I'm glad though because I love being a millennial, but I also love sort of the Oregon Trail like yeah. pre internet <laughs> yeah. life. So I I really relate to both, and that's why we're the perfect we're perfect is basically what I'm saying I, we're perfect. We were born at the perfect time, and we're the superior generation, and that's fine. Absolutely. Totally agree. 100%. Okay. I want to talk about a few specific Winky Luck products. Uh, You've already talked about the flower bomb a little bit, um, but just in case people don't know, explain sort of what it is. Sure. So the flower bomb is a uh, a pH activated lipstick. It's clear. It's a stain and it really goes, um, it, it, it speaks to our whole thesis of Beauty should be fun. It should enhance your natural beauty. It's about having a good time and not overthinking stuff. So this is a great product that you can kind of throw in your bag because it always it matches every person's lipstick. We also have kind of a bent on inclusivity and making sure that a lot of our products are very shade um, inclusive. So anyone can use it. It turns sort of a customized color of pink on anyone's lips. Um, and that blooming pigment has actually been around for a while. Um, and we just started using it in this format. So, um, but, and it's really pretty to look at. So it sort I think of reminds me of like, since, since we're the same age, like, I feel like there was like those mood lipsticks or whatever. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. but this yeah. one is no nuck, no yucky stuff in it. It's like clean yeah. and lovely. Yeah, uh, nobody even knows what we were putting on our lips in ninety. Oh hell no! Who knows? Yeah. I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so yeah, that's that is our most viral product. That's sort of the product that a lot of people got introduced to the brand through. Um, and then our other products that are our most highly purchased products are our mascara and our universal brow pencil. So we have a brow pencil that works on every brow shade and it's a very polished, like natural look. And, um, that is, that's our most, that's our, like our best selling product. I mean, I want to talk real quick. I want to ask you about the pill lipsticks because (laughs) they're so cute Thank and you. I was just curious about like, what's the story behind the pill? Because I feel like adults do love pills. And <laughs> I remember John Hamm, I don't remember what show it was. He was on a talk show promoting the Despicable Me sequel, because I guess he does a voice on it. And the host was like, why do you think everybody loves the Minions? And, and he goes, it's because they look like pills and adults love pills. And that made me laugh so hard. And so I'm like, I see this little lipstick and it literally, all, a lot of your lipsticks, the, the component is a pill and it's very chic and it is sort of 90s. Who came up with 90s. the pill? I did. It was, um, it was a sort of an homage. I had just gone to this art show and they had all this stuff or there was a lot of pill. There was like a lot of pill themed stuff and it was about like being a like addictions not to drugs but addictions to like things in life i think the show was actually called addictions um and damien hurst had made jewelry with a jewelry company and it was these silver and gold pills and they were these beautiful like really special little things um and so we kept thinking about i I kept thinking about like what what is beauty it's like this addiction that people have but it's kind of this fun healthy addiction. Um, and so this is kind of an homage to that. And it looked really different. It just looked like kind of edgy and fun. And it was, I mean, oh my gosh, it is so hard to figure out a way to stand out in a lipstick category. Yes. <laughs> there are like 20 million types of lipstick you can buy. Um, and we wanted to do this like really nice matte velour lipstick and, we thought it would be fun to have it in this like high shine, almost like everyone thinks it looks kind of like a vibrator. That wasn't <laughs> the intention, but it is kind of, it is kind of, it elicits some sort of emotion in people. Okay. Yeah. Where they, they like that this, this thing is like just a really different shape. Um, and it's cool. And they, when you have them stacked up on your, your vanity, they look really pretty, which is another part of it. It kind of felt like beauty should have sort of a jewelry element to it. Yes, I love that. Because, yeah, I had these little winky looks, like sample lips, and I was just, in the morning, I'm like, I better take my my winky looks. Don't try this at home, everybody. Don't eat the products. Do not swallow the products. Yes, but they were so cute. I was like, I wish my my probiotic looked like this. You know, I take it more often. Like a shiny glitter pill. Remember when they were selling those glitter pills? Yep. Yep. Oh my God. Where were we as a society that we I'm telling to you. glitter pill? Did you ever buy, this is sort of a, a gen, a gen Y thing. Did you ever buy those little capsules that you pour hot water on and they become like big sponges? Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. They still sell those. My nephew is five, or four. He's going to be five. And he, we were, I, I was looking at some stuff with him and it was like, 
grow a friend. Oh yeah. (laughs) And it would expand again. I think back then too, they were made mostly of like formaldehyde. Yes, of course. Arsenic. Yeah, (laughs) totally. (laughs) Hey, I would grow a friend right now. We're in quarantine in LA. I'll pour some water on somebody, grow up in here. As long as they don't have COVID, they're invited in. Totally. (laughs) That is so funny. Oh, yeah. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Oh, yeah. I noticed we've talked about this a little already, but there are a lot of cats and dogs on the on the products. Like I remember, I had this little zippy pouch. It was like a little pug face, yeah. and I was like, "Again, this is so up my alley." I love a dog. I love a cat. So, who's the pet lover that that made all these pet cat and dog designs? So, it, I think it's it. I'm definitely a huge animal, huge animal advocate and lover, um, and. So I, I've always, you know, anything with cats or dogs on it. Um, but I think our whole offices before, you know, in the before times yeah. before the world fell apart, um, we would have, we had a really dog friendly office. So we would have four or five dogs in the office any day. Um, and so I think if you're coming into interview and you meet four dogs on your way in, you're probably, if you're like really fired up to work there, you're probably already <laughs> an animal lover. <laughs> Because if you dislike animals, it would be super weird to work in an office where they're kind of like kind of tiptoeing around your feet all the time. So um, it's it. I think that just in general and, and we also have like a commitment to, you know, we have this big sustainability. Like, I probably shouldn't even mention it because it doesn't launch until February, but we have a huge sustainability initiative. Um, and a lot of it is about, you know, being like friendlier and kinder to animals in the environment. Um, and we've always had like a very big cruelty free ethos. So yeah, I think all of us are big animal lovers. You who, can probably hear my bulldog snoring oh, in the background. <laughs> oh, so who, do you know who that pug was? Was that like somebody's pug that posed for no. that? <laughs> it was, no, it was like a little picture we found and printed on a bag. So, hey, you better put your bulldog on something because the minute yeah. I get my own palette, my dog is going to definitely at least be a shade in the palette. Totally. Yeah. We do have, uh, she, she is, uh, our second best selling lipstick is Pippi, which is the name of my dog. So, oh. and I, I kind of fought against naming it Pippi. Everyone was like, we're going to name a shade Pippi. Um, and I was like, I don't know, you know, she's, she's got too good of a life as it is. She doesn't yeah. need her head to get any bigger. Yeah, so don't let her catch wind of this. I'll never yeah. hear the end of it. <laughs> yeah. Pippi is a special dog. She was a rescue from animal care and control. Um, and, but now she like is a very entitled creature. So yeah. we always say she's like a celebrity level dog. I mean, <laughs> I walked, I can tell you, I'll tell you off the mic. I walked a very 
famous person's bulldog. So famous that it would get recognized when I was walking it. Oh my God. It's too much. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I have stories, honey. I have stories. I wonder if dogs of celebrities end up like with screwed up things like oh, of course. Again, I could write a book. The of dogs course are they do. Its it's like, <laughs> starts hanging out with the wrong crowd. I'm telling you, yeah, the the dark corner of the dog park. I used to walk a dog that would not drink out of the dog communal bowl at the dog park because he thought he was too good. He would only drink out of like an Evian bottle poured for him in front of him. And that is true. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> I walked, I'll tell you the, this last story, because you're a bulldog lover and a pug lover. Any of those dogs that have that short snout, I mean, when you get one, you sign up for the snoring. That's just yeah. part of it. Oh, yeah. This yeah. woman had a had a pug, and this is, just so everybody knows, egregious. I, I completely condemn this, but just, this dog had its whole nose hollowed out. It had like... It looked like it went to. That's good for them, yeah. They totally it looked like it went to like the nine hundred two one zero, like you know, oh. nose guy. And I was like, "Oh wow!" And she goes, "I couldn't stand his snoring, so I got him two nose jobs." Oh my god! Well, they do say because they bred these dogs, so we we yes. we're, we're terrible as a society. Yes, we're like yes. awful people. We've developed a dog that barely can breathe because we wanted it to have the flattest, cutest face possible. Yes. And unfortunately, a lot of to the detriment of the dog's issues. health. Yes, totally. Um, so Pippi did have to have laser surgery to take off like a, a like shorten her soft palate so that she could breathe better. She still snores like a truck driver. Yeah, but <laughs> like God. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Pippi lives. She lives the high life now. Now she can breathe. I mean, she still snores. Maybe that's where you can make. I can live when you adopt me. I'll live with Pippi, and we can snuggle on her bed. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, I'm assuming you love all of your children equally, but I also am wondering, like, if I opened your purse right now, Natalie, like, what Winky Lux products are you always carrying with you? So always, I always have the unibrow. Mm -hmm. Um, I always have, because I have no eyebrows. These are completely, I have really, like, sparse eyebrows. So I always have a unibrow. Um, I always have a lip mask. Because it's it's gotten pretty cold in here in New York, and so it's um, it's really great to have. You don't have to take it off or anything. It, it works like an ultra hydrating mask. Um, what else do I have in my bag? Ooh, I usually have mascara in my bag too. Like if I leave the house with three things: it's the lip mask, the mascara, and the brow pencil. Because I feel like you can look put together with not a lot. Like you can do your makeup in three minutes and look pretty polished. Um, awesome. We love. Do you have any other self-care rituals that are really personal to Natalie Mackey? Like what are your favorite self-care rituals that you do all the time? So I wash my face every night, which I am like super, uh, you know, I, I like, I'm so sanctimonious about it. I'm like, yes. oh, I couldn't possibly go to bed without washing my face. <laughs> um, I, so I do do that. I can't sleep with my makeup on. Um, yeah, I just wash it anyway. But I, I take a lot of like, from a holistic standpoint, I take a lot of walks. Mm-hmm. I love living in New York because you can walk everywhere. And I like taking long walks. It like clears my head. Um, so I'd say that's like one of my biggest self-care rituals. I have a Peloton, which... 
I have a mixed relationship with me and the Peloton. We sort of love, hate each other. Um, so I wouldn't say that's like my favorite self-care ritual. I do it because I'm so cheap. I do it three <laughs> times a week. I'm like, I will not, I will get my money's worth. I'm the, uh, I would be the same way. I'm like, if I spent four grand on this motherfucker, yeah. I'm going to spin my ass off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm coming for you. Um, but I don't love, like, I, I'm not a person who just like adores workout classes. So I story it's sort of like a necessary evil. Um, same. but yeah, it's like I, I'm jealous of all those people who like are they like live for it. They're like, I'm gonna go to Soul Cycle, and I'm always like, Oh, I gotta go to Soul Cycle. Um, but I, but I love walking. Like I love walking around the city. So that's probably my biggest self care ritual. And I, I do a little bit of meditation. I still have a hard time. I'm also jealous of people who can meditate for like 30 minutes. I think that's such an incredible skill. I can't either. Um, yeah, just I'm like five minutes in, and I'm like. I'm making lists of all the things I need to do, Same. but I am getting better, I'm getting better. <laughs> so I guess it's, it's, you know, five minutes is better than zero, I think. So, yeah, that's true. What is your favorite thing about the beauty industry and what is your least favorite thing? Oh, my favorite thing about the beauty industry is probably that there's a lot of smart people and they're, they're just like some really interesting people in the beauty world. Like they're, it's not, it seems like it's kind of a glamorous industry, I would say, mm-hmm. but with a lot of industries like that, you get kind of a snotty, um, sort of elitist mentality mm-hmm. and not to say that that doesn't exist in beauty. I'm sure it does, but for the most part, I found a lot of really helpful, really smart people. Um, and I love the creative expression about it. So sorry, that's two things. I love, that's fine. I'm not going to, I'm not going to hang up on you. (laughs) (laughs) You get only one. Um, ruined my show. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then you asked what my least favorite thing is about the industry. I think the fear mongering, uh, I don't like selling products to people that are snake oil or, Mm um, I don't like. I don't like that you see from time to time companies make up things to be scared of. You know, there are definitely ways that the ingredient profiles have massively improved and there are definitely things to watch out for. Um, but it, there, there's a lot of nuance in it. You know, it's, it's complicated. And um, I find that a lot of times when you see a company go, we're doing away with, you know, insert the blank sometimes it's not really based on science. It's based more on trying to scare people into buying their products. And I don't like that. Um, but, uh, but that's pretty much the only thing I would say that I don't like age marketing either. I think it's kind of crazy to expect everyone to look like they're 22 it's bananas. That's why I love talking to brand founders because I, I want everyone to keep all of that in mind about the ingredient fear mongery stuff because, uh, even this show, I've, I've been doing this show three years. And like, I remember first episodes, people were like, well, I don't use this on my lips because of this, you know, we all have our own opinions and, and, you know, that's what this show is all about, but it is nice to hear from somebody in the business, like pull it, pull pull it back a little bit, you know? Well, thank you. I appreciate one of some of the things that people say are some, some of them are really valid, right? Mm -hmm. They're, yeah. There definitely could be some more regulation around ingredient transparency. Um, there 
there are, it is a regulated industry though. And I, I do find it strange when company companies will say, well, there's no regulation of beauty. I'm like, have you ever met the FTC or the FTA? Like yeah. they're, around. they're on my they're ass around. every day <laughs> They're at factories. They're auditing factories. They're doing, there's a lot of, you can't make claims. You, you can make claims that are not true, but you could look down the barrel at a really big fine mm-hmm. and, and not a little fine, like millions of dollars. Um, and you know, enough to put you out of business and make sure you don't work in the business again. So it's, it's a, it's, it's not as like lawless, I think, as some people think. Yeah. Um, but it, it there, and again, there are, there are things that we definitely should be looking out for a lot more. Um, but I, I think that, I think that for all the customers sake, it's good to just have the conversation and say, well, mm-hmm. you know, this is why hyaluronic acid is amazing in some things and not other things. And right. it's not all good or all bad. This is why, um, you know, even talc has become really controversial. And some of that is based on a lawsuit that happened a couple of years ago. And some of it's based on research. And but that that research should be taken into context about what it actually says. You know, and there's I could get totally nerdy and nerd out about all this stuff, but I think it's worth the customer taking the time not to just research on Reddit, but right. to actually look at some of the white papers and understand what what is true and what's kind of crazy. Do we yeah. like talc or do we not like talc at Winky Lux? We're okay with talc um, yeah. as long as it's triple supply chain checked. Um, so talc used to be mined near asbestos and there were there were a lot of problems with that. We're going way, way, way back though, like the seventies. Isn't it so, crazy though? Because we would literally powder butts of yeah. babies with talc yeah, that had totally. pure asbestos mixed into it probably. Totally. Well, and now it's very heavily monitored. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you're checking your, your suppliers and you know where it's coming from, it's when we have like a hundred years of data that pure talc is pretty okay. Yeah. Um, there's really, and that's a lot of data. That's yes, generational data. So, um, you know, and then the replacement for it is cornstarch, which we'd have so much less data on. Yeah. So I think it's, again, it's like this nuanced thing where, um, it behooves the customer to get the full story and not necessarily, you know, one blogger screaming about, you know, this one thing being bad or this other thing. I think it's always worth kind of scratching the surface and approaching it with a little bit of skepticism. Um, all things, even when someone says this is really good or healthy for you, like approaching that with a little skepticism. We've been talking a lot about blue light protection because Mm -hmm. of all the screens. And, um, you know, that was, there's some really amazing ingredients now that have been developed to help protect against blue light. And there's also like nonsense. (laughs) (laughs) If your bulldog licks your face before your zoom meeting, you will be protected. (laughs) Totally. I I think it's just, uh, you know, unfortunately the customer does, you know, just like in healthcare, I think you have to kind of be your own advocate in some of these Mm -hmm. things. Um, but you know, I think it, I think when you, there, there's some table stakes now that most ethical companies are, are removing certain products that are on the, they're on the border. So, um, yeah, we'll see how it, it progresses, but I think the customer is going to drive all of that change. Yes. Very cool. I, I'm glad we talked about that because 
we're about that too on Nashville. It's all about, hmm, you know, yeah. we're always kind of, hmm, looking around, like just checking shit out. And so we love hearing from somebody who knows what's going on. This was super <laughs> so fun, fun, Natalie. We are kindred, so um, fun, Jackie. 84 babies, right? Yes. Yes. We love, uh, please tell us in case somebody doesn't know, where can we find Winky Lux online? Some stores near them. Um, anything totally. else you want to tell us uh, Winky Lux's Instagram, things like that. Totally. So we're, we're on Instagram. Please come in and hit us up on the gram. Um, we re- <laughs> repost tons of our, our, uh, customers every day. Um, you can find Winky Lux at winkylux.com. If you want to get some lo- lots of goodies and samples and things like that, we, we take very special care of our direct customers. Um, and at Target, which we have a full collection at Target, um, Ulta and uh, Nordstrom and Macy's. So, but Target, I think, is our most robust offering. Um, but yeah, come come see us anywhere. We don't, we don't care where you buy us as long as you, you tell us what you think. I really want that one lip gloss that's like, because we're of the same age, sort of like the early 2000s, like pinky, psychedelic-y, chrome like glittery. I'm like, I saw it yeah. on the website and I was like, oh, I need that in my life. Oh, we'll, we're going to send you some, the chandelier gloss. Oh, yes. Like, she knows the name because it's her product. <laughs> it's highly prismatic. Very fun. No, it Great does. Holiday. It looks awesome in the photo. I was like, oh, shit, I need that. And I just have my lips done, so... They look fantastic. They don't look fake at all. I love that. To me, this is like the perfect size of lip. This is as big. This is the biggest I've ever gone, and I'm not going any bigger. Well, they look very natural. So, and you're in LA, so I commend you for not going across the. I know how to find the good people. It was not easy, but I'm getting married in two months, so I'm like, I wanted those lips to be popping, honey. So fun. Where are you getting married? In Austin. Are you from Texas? Yes. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Austin is. Yeah. The you best. got married last year. Yeah. I You're so lucky year. you missed the COVID. You're I'm so lucky. Can you imagine if you were like, wire. 2020 is our year? I mean, I was saying that, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We all were. We January, all were. I was like, this could be the best year of my life. <laughs> like, don't say anything anymore. <laughs> don't say anything. I think that's why this happened because every person on the planet at New Year's Eve was like, this is it, motherfucker. Like, 2020, we're taking over. <laughs> we, we did this. Oh, my God. Well, congratulations on your wedding. I, I Thank totally, you. I, my heart, my heart goes out to you. I know it'll be gorgeous and amazing. Um, yeah, it's, and it's, a, it's, a, um, it's an elopement. We, we can't have one, you know, COVID. Yeah, Hashtag COVID. Yeah. But I, who cares? I'm happy. It's going to be great. Yeah, that'll be yeah. awesome. And honestly, yeah. if I could go back and spend less and stress less over it, I would. So oh, same. Yeah. I, this actually wedding number two. So I actually know that. <laughs> My second oh yeah, baby. <laughs> we have a lot in common. <laughs> I, had a, I had sort of a starter marriage. Yeah. Listen, we all did. We all did. And, uh, you know what? As long as you get it right the next time, it's fine. Totally. totally. <laughs> okay. Well, Natalie, it was so nice it to see so you. To Thank you. you again. Uh, everybody check Me out too. Winky Lux, obviously. And uh, don't forget that you deserve to be happy. Yeah, I'm talking to you. You deserve to be happy. You deserve a little lip gloss. You deserve a little lipstick in the shape of a pill. 
And don't forget to cream that neck and keep your fringe fresh. Natalie, do you cream your neck? Yes. Of course she does. Up, upward, upward. Yeah. (laughs) 